general nerdery. So I'm guest starring on our friend Beth's podcast. We're recording again tomorrow. We've done a couple of episodes on, and I get like, like when we're talking on, shit about yes, talking shit about great, great podcast by the way. Despite me being on it multiple <laughs> times, but like if I fuck up here. I don't care, because you guys know what you're coming in for. It's been over 100 episodes, yada, yada. I mean, like, I care, but I don't really care. But I get so stressed out anytime <laughs> I'm going to go on someone else's podcast that I have been, like, we're doing Alexander the Great stuff, and I have been listening to nothing but Alexander the Great-based podcasts for a couple of days, and then, like, an hour or two ago, went, oh, fuck, I'm doing... I'm doing my podcast today. <laughs> like this is this one is not on Alexander <laughs> the Great. That this is, is about as far from that as you can get. <laughs> I don't relate to this at all. Luckily, Stephen has watched this movie about six times in the last two weeks. Mostly just because I like watching movies. It's a That's great not like an obsessive too. thing. <laughs> also, I'm here, and That's I, I, I'm Stephen. Stephen's back. Welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And that's the aforementioned Stephen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right there. <laughs> right there. Today we'll be talking about the... I always know this movie's good, but I always forget quite how baller this movie is. Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, but before that, what have we been ingesting? What have we been ingesting? Um, it's been a minute. It's so. been a month since we recorded. Oh, that, okay. That's my fault. So, like, I have so much, and I can't think of, like, any of it. I know. I, I made myself a small list. I know I ingested more than this, and some of these I'm going to just try to skip over really quick, but I also watched a shit ton of it. So, mm -hmm. uh, the new season of This Fool dropped on Hulu. Love that show. So, I think I have an episode left in the new season. Um, it's a uh, Latino sketch comedian um, and another guy who does uh, stand-up. Uh, Carlos Estrada and Frankie Quinones play cousins. One was kind of like dorky, and then the other one went and did a dime and just got out of prison. Or I think he did 20, not, not just a dime. Anyway, oh, wow. um, just got out of prison, and the dorky cousin runs like a... Uh, he's part of a nonprofit to help like ex felons get jobs and stuff. So he has to go work for him. And like the one guy's all like street and it's just an odd couple sort of thing, but it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Got through all of this season of the righteous gemstones, which continues to just be fantastic. I can't wait for the next season already. That's the John Goodman mm -hmm. preacher one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one's got a lot more emotional than most of the other seasons. I don't want the movie strike to go on f longer than it has to because I want those people to get, like, properly paid and do the work. But I was watching a John Mulaney Hot Ones thing, and he was talking about, like, well, if the strike goes on long, people finally get to watch all the shows they've said they like <laughs> without new shows coming out. And I kind of want that so I can get to some of these fucking shows. Yeah, John Goodman's a fucking treasure. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Holy I, shit, he's I've good. Heard great things. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. And Walton Goggins is fucking fantastic in it as fucking Uncle Baby Billy. None of the listeners will know this, but Pam was just telling me exactly all the same things you just said. <laughs> um, not Pam and uh, Pam, the cashier. There's I'd multiple work. Pams. Yeah, where we work. Um, let's see the new season of oh. Actually, I, it's a surprise that I've only watched uh, those old scientists three times so far. 
Really? I've only gotten through it once. I mean, gotten through it once. It's fucking great. It's really, really good. Is this going to get you to watch Strange New Worlds? Like, was yeah, this no, what no, it required? It absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was always... On your list? It's always but... on my list, and it's still probably out of the top five on my list right now, but it's in the top ten uh, of, I like, will where s- I'm getting to it. I will say... For the Strange New Worlds cast, it's a relatively weak episode. Although it's got some nice Uhura moments that I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. I just, I dug it all around, but I also, even beyond Lower Decks, was already a fan of uh, Jack and Tawny, so. True. Uh, Those Old Scientists is the Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover episode where two of the Lower Decks characters get brought into live action and their costume or their uniforms look so fucking good. They look so good, right? <laughs> really set up like, those are my favorite Star Trek uniforms. Yes. Proved me correct there. Yes. I still want to see a quote-unquote live action version of the Cerritos, though. Yes. Just a, just yes. a single exterior shot. <laughs> just yes. once. Just once. That's all Wait. I need. Literally just have it fucking show up at a battle sequence, and it's just like you see it in the corner, you, but enough to where you can see on the top. That would be super appropriate for a California class, just like there but not doing anything. Um, new season reservation dog started, and somehow I did not, like, I, I got emotional, but somehow the latest episode did not bring me to full-on tears just because of how masterfully it was made, because it involves flashbacks to an Indian boarding school. Ooh. Oh, wow. Which sometimes I have a hard time even saying those words, so, like... Yeah. It's a fucking horror show. Wow. Okay. Fucking fantastic episode, though. Highly recommend. Um, it also... Kind of Tia Horn. Uh, Tannis. Plays yeah. a huge part of that episode. Anytime she's in stuff, it's she's so good. The Aztec hero dropped in For Honor, so that sucked away some of my time, but then... Man, I haven't heard you talk about For Honor in a long time. <sighs> Yo, they dropped a Jaguar Warrior. It's all I wanted the entire, like, three years I played that goddamn game. I'm not game. saying I'm surprised by this. I just, it was like, you're the thing you talked about for a while there. So, it got me back, and... Like, I put a good weekend into it, but I've kind of been away from it from the past week because a new video game just sucked away my life. Baldur's called... Gate 3? No, I wish. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. That game is actually going to... That game is going to suck away my life, I think, for at least a little bit. Uh, but, no, it's this new indie game that dropped. It's called Dredge. And it's a Lovecraftian mystery fishing RPG. I love indie games. That sounds fucking incredible. <laughs> it's like, it's just this top down and the the premise is like you're a fisherman. You got caught in a storm, dashed up on the rocks, almost died. This village saves you. They're like, look, your boat is fucked. But we have a loner here that will go rent to own on it. And you can get back out fishing, but... Like, we're going to warn you now, the fishing around here is kind of crap, so you might be here paying it off for a little bit, and also, you probably don't want to go out at night. Because Have Cthulhu. fun! <laughs> uh, hell yes, need to check this out. And then, like, the fishing mechanics are pretty simple little, um, just like little mini-games. It's not too in-depth, and you kind of just go upgrade your boat and try to catch different fish and fulfill certain requests, but then things start getting strange and 
you start finding aberrations in the fish and different relics and spooky figures start coming talking to you it's pretty good it's super lovecraftian through and through and like just slightly a survival game but not enough that i can't play it because uh despite watching tons of horror movies i'm a gigantic wuss when it comes to video games <laughs> the interactive nature uh just really gets to me and i have a hard hard time playing most survival games well, i mean it's the same way i can do horror like podcasts or comic books but i can't do horror movies for shit like mm -hmm. there's something about just certain forms yeah. of media that makes it difficult i love love watching horror movies do not fuck with no horror games i they are too scary for me i will say i can to a certain extent like if something really fucked up happens to me in one of those games because i'm like trying it out like it might almost make me shit myself but it'll only get me that one time mm, okay <laughs> but i don't like that fact that it almost made it me shit myself the first <laughs> time <fair. laughs> uh and then i'm good that's it okay <laughs> that's it i mean it's been a month it makes sense steven anything fun um i don't recall exactly <laughs> if this was if i mentioned this last time but just I just say it we heard the oh, fucking <laughs> okay i watched one other thing last night that actually might that's like relevant to our overall theme for the last few episodes and stuff anime uh yeah uh what is it uh digimon last adventure of Azuna. Tiffany has been trying to get us to do an episode on that for like two years now. It's really good. I've heard. It's a really good ending to the Digimon adventure story. Yeah, I don't think it's the ending, but we'll see. Well, th there's going to be a sequel that's supposed to wrap up Digimon adventure too. Yeah, but. And it's, they try to leave it on a hopeful note. Only reason I'm saying that is because Digimon has ended about four times now. Well, yeah, but now they can just keep going with the uh, Digimon 2020. That's fair. Oh, uh, universe. God, we never dived back into that. We watched no. the first few episodes and it slapped, which is like the fourth time I've used that descriptor today. Yeah, you. you really, I don't know where. And every once in a while, that slapping. word just clicks. I mean, that word is slapping in your brain. <laughs> yeah, shut up. It Anyways. slaps. You want to think? Um, <laughs> I finished Ted Lasso season three. Ooh. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this the last time I was on, but um, so I finished Ted Lasso, me and my partner, and fuck, I love it. Yeah, really good, right? I imagine we'll probably do Ted Lasso season three on this show at some point. At some, it probably has across two episodes because they're way longer mm -hmm. episodes. So yeah. I won't go into great detail, but uh, I fucking loved it. Uh, slam dunk of a series overall. I really fucking enjoyed it. I don't get why there were so much mixed reviews of the season three when it was coming out and it could be that I binged it a little well not binge it but I did watch it not it's week a week. harder season to binge um, um, I didn't watch it week to week but me and my partner did draw it out a little bit mm -hmm. we watched like one or two episodes and then like maybe take a week maybe my, two weeks my friend and I we've been watching through it and we got up to the last episode and I went we don't have time to watch this he's like what no we do and I'm like it's a fucking hour and a half finale it's, it's like an hour and a half at night. I have to get up at four. <laughs> no, we don't have time to watch this. <laughs> it's an hour and a half finale that also fucking is a finale. Like, it, oh no, yeah. it, it you're it gonna go through some emotional arcs through it. I continue to have a couple of major disagreements with some of the choices they made, but I think they did a good job with the choices they made. And we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, and I do feel the lack of Bill Lawrence 
the uh, the guy who made Scrubs because yes. he's supposed to be editor extraordinaire, and uh, some of those episodes were like four episodes in one, mm-hmm. and for the most part, doing a pretty good job. Like the the fucking episode with Ted's mom. I forgot that it was the same episode and then it pulled back in and tied things together like really well, but like there is some pacing issues it feels, but that's also feels like they kind of just were trying to fit everything they wanted to fit in it. I feel like it wouldn't feel like such pacing issues if the early season episodes hadn't been so tight that you really feel the elongated I was going to say, every time we've talked about the pacing on this, I've thought about it, and I actually went and did the math. If there was an equal amount of time between, because the season season basically takes place over the course of a season, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if there was an equal amount of time between each episode, which there isn't, we know that some of the episodes are like, back-to-back days, which means there's even further gaps of time. And then there's random bits of episodes where they clearly go through, like, a month and a half in the opening scene. Yeah, there's, like, the Zava episode where he starts playing, and they go through, like, a huge chunk of the season where they just, like, you guys are now doing really well in this season. Mm -hmm. And it's a single episode. I think that one's written by, um, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Brent Goldstein. Goldstein. Um, uh, I think he wrote that episode, but that one trucks through a lot of that season yeah. in a single episode. But Pacing wise, was... it feels like it takes a lot of time, but also it is one of the longer episodes, but it's also incredibly fucking hilarious. Uh, but if there was even days between each episode, then there would be like right around 21-ish days between each episode. Wow. Because of okay. how long the season is. Interesting. And that's huh. something they never really got across well in the first two seasons because it was the same thing. Yeah, it, but it's just bam, 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 bam in the earth. I mean, but I think that's why, like, for some people, like the Nate conversion feels like it happens too quickly. And it's like, oh, no, that takes place over like half a year. It does. We just need I would have liked one or two more scenes with Nate to have that because his jump from like. Maybe Rupert kind of sucks, too. He has quit. Happens. I, I know it happens over the space of like a month, but it happens in between two scenes. The end of one episode and the beginning of next goes from like, I owe him a lot. He's done a lot of good for me. Oh, he kind of sucks to like, I'm out. I'm gone. It, I don't know. We'll talk about it a different time. It's <laughs> Yeah, we have more thoughts that we will need to get into. Um, finish that. Saw Barbie. Holy shit. Bar- I've seen Barbie twice. I want to see the third time. It's incredible. The soundtrack is amazing. The cast is phenomenal. It is gorgeous. It is going to be on my top five of the year. Definitively. I love that Michael Sarah is apparently fucking done with the I'm just Ken song. <laughs> oh, I, I've had it stuck in my head for fucking and he Two, had to work weeks. on that show. So, like, I don't blame... I'm not... I just... I fully understand it. I get it. That I will not fault him for. Also, Michael Sarah is fucking incredible in this as uh, Alan. Also, you have fucking Rhea Perlman showing up doing a awesome. fucking great little role. There is some really phenomenal casting in this. Like, Yeah, that cast is incredible. There's a bunch of people from the TV series Sex Education in it. Um, uh, one of which I didn't realize... Until the second time I saw it, because he does a very good fucking English accent or like a, like an American accent. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, exact opposite. <laughs> exact opposite. <laughs> well, and fucking Shooty Gatwa is going to be um, 
the doctor. The doctor. Yeah. And he's great. Like, seriously, if uh, both of you should go see this. And if you're a listener and you're apprehensive of seeing this, it is really fucking funny. It oh, is really great. It is starting to bug me that I haven't had uh, a weekend free enough to go see it yet. It's, it's also super not long. It's like under two hours. It's like, I want to say like over an hour and a half, but somewhere in that range. Really snappy, really fast. It doesn't feel long, nor does it feel like it's overly short. It gets in, gets out, does what it needs to do. Greta Gerwig is phenomenal as a director and editing and timing of it. It's really great. I highly recommend it. Um, played a bunch of the new Mario Kart uh, DLC courses. Oh, did they, they drop new episode? uh, episodes? I just, I've just been very behind on them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think they have dropped some new ones. I think there's like only two cups left i could be wrong on that but uh play through a bunch of those they're very fucking great no the courses are very good um i don't like the like real world courses as much they're like this one's in tokyo they and most of that is they always change the course on the third round like go this way go this way now you go this way and i'm like no (laughs) all of those are from the mario kart tour game that they did that was the mobile version of Mario Kart that they released like two, three years ago. Oh, I never fucking bothered with that one. I've um, just been playing Mario Kart. The same time that they did like Mario Jump and all of like when Nintendo's like, well, we got to start doing official Nintendo licensed games for the Android and iOS well, marketplace. Yeah, because Pokemon Go was a fucking global sensation, and they're mm-hmm. like, all right, we'll tap in on this, and no one cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> um, I played the Mario Kart. It's it's fucking bad. It's it's. Not <laughs> the best review I heard was it's fine. It's fine, but it, like that kind of like question mark fine. Like it's fine with caveats in that like <laughs> it's fine with caveats is great. If I were a child at like an airport and I needed to do something and my parent handed me their phone and I played this for like fucking tw- like two hours while I wait for a plane, incredible game, game of the year. Otherwise, I don't know, I'm okay. Like, I don't see, like, I, I literally have not touched it since it came out, though. So, I just played Mario Kart on my Switch. <laughs> um, and then I also picked up the Borderlands collection, and I've been playing that. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. um, it's really fucking good. Yeah, it's fucking Borderlands. Yeah, that's, that's about all I got that I can think of. Oh, God, I'm probably going to finally get a Switch because of the wildest thing is going to push me over the edge. They're going to be doing Super Mario RPG on it. Oh, yeah, they're oh, yeah. completely reworking it, too. Oh, yeah. Super Mario RPG was my jam. Gino and fucking Mallow, those are my boys. I've never played it, but this, I mean, not this might make me try. I just, I've never super had an opportunity. So if they release a cool version, why not? Uh, God, let's see. It's killing my wife that we haven't watched uh, Good Omen Season 2. I yet. haven't yet either. But we also don't have Amazon Prime, so that's why we have not watched it yet. Ooh, yeah, I need to watch all of that. Same. Good Omen season one is probably top five, at least definitely top ten of like shows of the last decade. Good Omens is fucking phenomenal. Let's see, I've read a bunch of shit. I've read, I I picked up several of the um, essential collections, not the essential collections, uh, epic collections of the old Conan the Barbarian comics from Marvel. So like 60s, oh. or not 60s, 70s Conan. Okay. A little hard to read in some case, just in the way that, like, pacing has changed, but extremely good. Conan is always really pink for some reason in those. Like, the coloring (laughs) 
was always a little odd with Conan specifically. It does make me laugh because I got the ones that introduced Red Sonia because I'm a giant fucking Red Sonia fan. And I don't know, five to ten years ago, Dynamite had this big thing of like, we're relaunching our three big characters. And it was like Vampirella, Red Sonia, and Dejah Thoris from the John Carter stuff in significantly better clothed costumes. So like, not bikinis. <laughs> it's a one piece. Yeah, sort of. Vampirella had a kind of one piece with like some short, it, it was a good, they were all good costumes. Um, but people flipped their shit about like woke, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think woke was in the vernacular in the same way it is now, but like PC, not allowed to be fun. And you know what? Dynamite is aware that they mostly do cheesecake comics and I don't have a problem with cheesecake comics. Like, but but also giving some characters some pants, not a big, not a big it, deal. It made me laugh that they like they took out the chainmail bikini. I'm like, one, she's still wearing short shorts, and two, shut the fuck up. But then you go back to the original Red Sonia stuff. She didn't have the chainmail bikini for her first several appearances. She had a full chainmail shirt. Mm. The new design that everyone was so pissed about revealed more than than energy. Like, uh, which does not. Matter. I just thought of that well, like random bit of trivia while reading these. Um, I read a comic called Star Trek Year Five by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, who are these creators who have really kind of burst out in the comic book scene in the last couple of years. They just did a Captain America run. They did a Batman Beyond stuff. They do a different Star Trek series that I also read, which I'll mention in a sec. They're fucking everywhere and this was Star Trek in between where the original series ended and where the movie started. So it is Kirk real knowing he's going to be an admiral no longer on his 5-year voyage and actually having to go home. Okay. And it's mostly him being fucking bummed about that the whole time. <laughs> It's a little weird because there is some kind of like, you know, uh, Kirk growing up a little bit, Kirk like uh, experiencing growth and trying new things. And that's a good message that I like that lands a little funny when the major message of Star Trek's two through four is that Kirk never should have become a fucking admiral and his... What is it? Spock's line, your first best destiny is as as a Starfleet captain. So it's him like accepting that, like, I can be more than this. And then literally the whole point of the movies was. But this was what you were fucking great at. You could be more. You shouldn't be. (laughs) Just because you could do something doesn't mean you necessarily should. You're so much better beyond your ability in a way. And not even promoted beyond your ability. It's just like. You were better at this. Yeah. Like, it's You're okay. good at this. You're really, really <laughs> good at this. So it, the messaging, like, I was enjoying it, and there is this kind of interesting, like, examination of loneliness, and yeah, it's, it's good comics. It's just, when you apply the later movies, it's a little odd. Uh, I also read the ongoing series he has right now that is about, or they, they have right now, because there's two of them, about Cisco coming back from DS9 because he disappears at the end of DS9. And it's literally, they were able to pick cast members from whatever show they wanted. 
Hmm. All to put together for this special mission. So, like, Worf is on it for a bit, but then Worf leaves and Lieutenant Shax is brought in as security officer. Data is the first officer. Cisco's the captain. Paris from um, Voyager is the... From Voy. From Voy is (laughs) the pilot. Crusher is on as the medical officer. Scotty is the engine chief engineer. And as I was, like, reading about this series, I was like... I don't fucking know about this. This sounds like fan fiction. I mean, not. I I don't have a problem with fan fiction, but like, this sounds like this could be fun dream or fulfillment fan. Fiction. This is literally basically the uh, the Star Trek series I made up in my brain when I was in the second grade. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that, that kind of thing. Because I was taking the action figures I had and putting them mm-hmm. together. Except I had Worf as the captain, because Worf should always have been the captain as far as seven year old me was convinced. <laughs> Damn, I would love to see fucking Worf being captain of a ship. Captain Worf. Uh, Michael Dorn that as a show for a bit. Michael Dorn was trying to develop that as a show. That's very different than Anyone was actually doing it. <laughs> oh, also, just on a side tangential uh, related note, uh, I'm also re- still rewatching uh, Star Trek Next Gen. I just got into season five. I watched uh, the Darmok episode, and it's fucking incredible. It's one of the best episodes of science season fiction. Five in general has so far just been fucking great. Three, four, and five is the high point of that series. Six has some great episodes. Seven has some good episodes, but also has the most Looney Tunes shit, like randomly. What? What's that race again? Tamarians? Uh, uh, tam- Tamarians? I think it's something like that. Anyway, because I was re-watching a little bit of Normal Lower Decks, and they had the, the new crew member episode I come was, up. As much as I'm glad to have Shaxx, I really was sad that they don't use, use him. him as much. Yeah, And it popped into my mind how ridiculous exclamations in Tamarian sex must be. The Beast in Tanagra! <laughs> Arms wide open. <laughs> just just this to put that closed. in your head. Um Okay, I got two more. One I don't even know if I should mention, because it's definitely hornier than anything that we have ever talked than, about on this show. Than Tamarian sex exclamations? I don't know on that one, but let's just say it's about the same level. Oh, no, I'm thinking of word balloons. Sorry. Because <laughs> we've gotten wickedly weird over there. Okay, so. I as Zach I, excretes, excretes a lot. Please stop. <laughs> uh, so it's, as I've talked about, I like cheesecake comics, yada, yada, yada. I draw a lot of fucking nudes, so I have an ongoing kind of interest I'm a horny in that. Pervert. And it's I, all good. I actually do collect erotic comics, porn comic, let's be honest. And I picked up one being like, I don't expect this to be good, but it's the most on the nose name that I've ever fucking read. Even for anime, that's just very like straightforward in their names. I hate the modern naming convention, by the way, of like so and so is blah 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 blah. But this one is it's like a I think it's Asumi. Asumi Chan is obsessed with lesbian brothels. <laughs> yes. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I'll pick up the first volume and it's not going to be good. And I mean, it's not, but it's so much better than that fucking concept should be. And it is the most like sex positive, sex work positive comic that I have kind of ever read in Japan or America. Cause like, 
it's all about this girl obsessed with lesbian brothels. But, it, you know, you expect that to be like, it's an addiction. No. She just... You know how, like, certain people with autism are super into trains? <laughs> <laughs> this woman's into brothels. She's had a crush on this girl that she lost contact with, and she found out she's working at a lesbian brothel, and so she's just, like, going through people, trying to find her, like, lost <laughs> love. And, like, discovering herself, Yali, and I'm like... I'm not proud of myself while reading this, but it is like, You're like I oh. was expecting like a D minus. It's like a C plus. Like yeah, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> it, it is. It is surprisingly sweet for a comic about picking up sex workers. <laughs> uh, and then I to, really want to read that. I can lend the first two to volumes to you. Uh, and then to completely shift directions. Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. <laughs> uh, I got back into the TV show Chuck. Okay. Have you watched Chuck? I've seen like three or four episodes of Chuck. I was really into it in college, and I've been having fun... Watching through it, not like I'm, this is not a show I'm watching with my wife, not because it's like bad, but because it's fucking cheesy. You and I have talked about this. I don't remember if you've oh, seen I it. Oh, I finished it. I've watched a lot of Chuck. I watched the, the first couple seasons multiple times. I've only seen the last season once. I didn't care for how it ends, but holy fuck, did that show shape the music I listened to in that like yeah. mid-2000s indie rock uh, soundtrack is definitely... I definitely grifted everything from that. I mean, I got back onto this because I listened to a song that I found from the Chuck playlist and then loaded up the Chuck playlist. Also, the and soundtrack, then, I'm pretty sure, like, the theme song is done by Spoon. I'm pretty oh, sure it's a Spoon nice. song. Uh, uh, I think uh, it's uh, I Want a Girl in a Tan... Uh, something tan... Uh, long dress, uh, short jacket. Or yeah, yeah. Short, short sort oh, of long jacket. Oh, it's cake. Different man, but Spoon Fuck cake... I throw a rock and you're gonna get simpler ones. Cake, um, spoon, corn, whatever. It's food. Corn. <laughs> Tool. These are all the same band. So, if you have not seen this show, it's got Adam Baldwin, who played Jane from Firefly, and a bunch of other stuff. He's the Baldwin that's not a Baldwin. Yeah, right, right, right. He's um, no relation. Yeah. <laughs> Different Baldwin. Not Different. a particularly good person from what I've, like, kind of gleaned. He was connected to Gamergate at one point. Mm. Um, yeah, he seems like. But a, he's a, probably better than all of the Baldwins. Yeah, he's not, by uh, default the best Baldwin. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I don't think he's MAGA, and he's never shot anyone, so he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's also got Zach. Zach Levi. Levi. It's where Zach Levi broke out, mm -hmm. like turned him into an action star. Oh yeah. I can't think of her. Yvonne something? Yvette and Yvonne. Craig. Oh, wow. I cannot remember. I don't remember. I want to say she's Australian? I'll yes, she is. Also, she fucking she's in, is in The Handmaid's uh, Tale now? She's in The Handmaid's Tale, but she's, just, also, uh, she's also in Mass Effect. It's just fucking wild to me that the super hot, kind of cheesecakey girl, because they put her in a lot of cheesecakey scenes of like... Yvonne Strahovski. Strahovski. Oh, also, she's in that. Dang. Uh, she's at the, I forget her name, but she's in the Fast and the Furious movies. She plays, I want to say, Mia, Dominic's sister, who's the love interest of Paul Walker's character. Oh my god, is that Jill from, like, his ex-girlfriend? Yep. 
Holy shit, I knew I recognized her um, from somewhere. Which, weirdly enough, another thing that I just started watching that I didn't get a chance to finish because I had to go watch Castle of the Cagliostro was uh, Debs. Have either of you heard of Debs? I've heard of it. I've, I've never heard of Debs. It's on Hulu, and I've heard of it many, many times, and I finally put it on, and it is a lesbian romantic comedy, but set in basically like a... 007 versus James uh, 007 versus Dr. No or like uh, Austin Powers versus Dr. Evil type super spy like versus a super B movie we should be doing an episode on? Yes. <laughs> cool. I, I will add I that to our list. haven't finished it yet but uh, <laughs> it's super fun and goofy and weird. Uh, lots of interesting 2000 people in it. Well and I love doing weird shit like that. So like uh, for our episodes. Written, written by a woman director what? Okay. Written and directed by a woman um, uh, who also wrote uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women and one other movie that I've seen from her for some reason. Like, she has three movies that she's written and directed, and I somehow have just like, well, I... I've seen your whole filmography and didn't know this until just now. (laughs) Um, But if you haven't seen Chuck, it's got, you know, several people kind of getting on the public. And uh, it is about... It is a... Sci-fi romantic comedy spy thriller. Yeah, basically a guy who doesn't work at uh, Geek Squad at a not Best Buy (laughs) is for copyright reasons. Super big nerd, and in the like peak two thousands era of like everybody's a fucking nerd now, and you're gonna fucking like this nerd shit because nerd shit is cool era. Like, just when it was starting to happen. Just at the peak, like, just, like, right at that. And then it, like, hit full on right after that. Um, he's into Comic-Con. He's into comics, all this stuff. He works as a computer analyst guy. And he, super smart, went to MIT, but, like, failed out of it. And now, for some reason, a friend of his sent the NSA and the FBI. CIA. And CIA and just, like, all of their secrets and subliminally implanted it into his brain. So now he's just like a walking database of spy information and has to have like handlers because he'll just flash and know a bunch of like, oh, this shit's going on and they're terrorists. (laughs) So nerdy geek guy is sent with tough, hardcore Adam Baldwin character and insanely attractive woman. Definitely like a femme fatale, like honeypot style Mm -hmm. uh, spy. They... There are a few scenes in it where it's like, okay, this has gone on about five to ten seconds too long. But also, like, they do a surprisingly good job of really playing up the kind of, like, James Bond slow sexy walk scene of the girl, but also not making her just a... a, She's not just eye candy. Like, they actually give her character arc that I don't feel, like, weakens her. Especially as the series goes. Like, you get into her further backstory of, like, how she got into the spy game a little bit. And well, and when you do the tough spy that falls in love with the average guy, it's so easy to be like, you have weakened her and he's the worst. <laughs> and they do a decent job of not doing Like, like she's it, still fucking awesome, but... She's now a little bit more human. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I might be overselling it, and there's plenty of people I know that'd be like, "This is bullshit," because it is. It oh, is it's, B it's, movie television. It's, it's B just, movie television. It is very schlocky. It is they're they're fucking. They do a lot of very tropey shit. There's a whole missile commands rush episode. 
They get wild cast people in it, though. Like, fucking Michael Clark Duncan was in it for an episode. Timothy Dalton was in oh, it for a while. For a while. He... Um, yeah, I was just scrolling through some of the cast of people that did, like, little multi-episodes. The bad guy from Rocky Three, who's a giant douchebag in real life. Dolph Lundgren. That's the one. Um, but also super smart. He's, I, I've heard mixed reviews of him. He was just a jerk back in the day. I don't know if he still is. Uh, the guy who played the Hulk was in it. Uh, Lou Ferdinand. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's really good in its own way of being If really you like good. B-movie television. Yeah. Um, and also, like, great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I will stand by that. I, I, Tony Todd. I've listened to oh, it. Oh, yeah, he was in it, it for a while. Scott Bakula. Carrie Ann Moss. I forgot oh, Carrie Ann Moss Scott was in Bakula's it. in this. Man, I'm going to be watching Chuck later. Right? No, <laughs> I've been watching, like, any... Oh, shit, Jordana Brewster. Okay. Uh, Arnold Voslu. Oh. Yeah, no, the cast is <laughs> wild. I think Jordana Brewster's the woman from Fast and Furious, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's also in Debs. I will say, uh, so the series was going to get canceled because it was always kind of struggling to survive. And the fans did a kind of interesting thing of targeting a specific sponsor being like, we will buy so much shit from you <laughs> if you make the series go. And Subway made a deal with them of like, you are going to disgustingly advertise Subway. Like, I and think we they, will basically fund your show. They almost put like, a Subway in the fucking building, don't they? Subway becomes a... Jared's b- out, Chuck's in. Basically, yes. Yes. And like, the, like, B-plot characters, so, like, the C-plot of every story of... Uh, there were characters that were, like, not part of the spy stuff and never get pulled into the spy stuff. Who, like, work at the Best yeah. Buy that's not a Best Buy or, um, or like, his neighbor type yeah. scenario. They're in, they had like kind of annoying plots and like you could have like worked them out of the series as it went on, but instead their life just became Subway. And I already am kind of fast forwarding (laughs) through their scenes. And as soon as I get to those points, I'm just going to fucking, I like their scenes become unwatchable. Everything else is still good, but like, and now time for a Subway promotional that will last four minutes. (laughs) Like however long. Oh, Brandon Ruth is in it for a significant amount of time. He's wonderful. Brandon Ruth is so good. I've heard he's also just like a real delightful human. He seems like he would be. He's playing the like sexy capable spy. I'm like, all right. I get it. I'm mostly straight, but you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That makes me want to rewatch some Legends of Tomorrow. Um, that might actually happen. That first. might be what I get into after I finish Chuck, like on my kind of B movie television day. Although that just makes me sad that it's never going to get ended. Yeah, especially because mm. Donald Faison was joining the cast as fucking Booster Gold. That's such good casting, too. Oh my god! I just, uh, I was just thinking of Brandon Ruth in particular, and that was at the uh, guest starring John Noble episode. Oh yeah. It's so good. So good. And where he gets to play off of Nora Dark with the meta joke of that's his real life. Oh, yeah, I heard that. I love it when they get to do stuff like that. I love that show. And then last thing. So, I mean, I've mentioned it before. Last podcast on the left has become my, like, I'm probably ADHD repeat show of, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I just need something playing that I've heard a bunch that I don't need to think about. But I've decided, because I've listened to a lot of episodes so many times, to try it a different way. And I just started at, like, episode 100. Because before that, the show was 
not good. That's like right around when they started figuring out really what they were going to be. Or like changed what they were going to be. And I've just been listening to it episode by episode. Instead of like, usually I pick like the serial killers playlist, all their good serial killer stuff or all the good. And some of these are episodes I've never listened to. And some of them I've definitely not listened to for a reason. Uh, and some of them I was like, oh, this is pretty good. It just doesn't fit into like the themed playlists mm-hmm. or like, it's just an interesting way of here is a, f- uh, a series I know really well that I'm listening to in a new format. That's all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now that we've been here for 45 <laughs> fucking minutes, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about some castles and some Caliostros and I guess Wolf. And goats. And goats. So, found this out while sitting here that you and I, or I guess you two and I, watched significantly different movies because we watched completely different dubs. Yeah, I... So, after the first time I watched this, I went and did the research and found out there was a bunch of different dubs. Uh-huh. I was half tempted to go seek out the other one, but then I forgot about it, and then I didn't have time. No, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, same. Like, I found out about the other dubs, and I was like, oh, I should go check those out, or I should check out the, uh, watch the subbed version of it to get a little bit better understanding of what the... The the plot is the same. Like, there's no huge change. I just sat down, and, like, someone spoke, and I was like, why does that sound fucking weird? And then... Then it just continued to be weird. (laughs) And there are little banter parts that are like, I was like, this is not even a little bit the same. Like, like we came in a little bit towards the end while you were still finishing it. Yeah. Like just after. Uh, uh, For example, there is a bit where Jigen and what is his name? Senzamon? Uh, No, Senzamon. The, the samurai. Oh, um, um, go, go, Goemon. Goemon. and Goemon are like holding them off while he is, well, Lupin, who is called Wolf in your version, which really threw me. Because of uh, copyright reasons. Which is outside of Japan, it was still copyrighted by, uh, oh man, I, I want to say Larice LaMarche, but that is not right. Yeah, no, that's not correct at all. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. But like, the original French author still owned copyright to the name. Run off, and uh, in. Your version, the princess, like, runs up to them, and we'll explain the series a little bit better in a sec. I just, example, she's just, like, to go on and Jigen, like, I love you both so much. I really do. And they're like, <laughs> girl. While in the version of, um, like, and basically in that version, she's straight up, like, you two gonna die. Uh, well, in the, the version I was, she's like, only stay as long as you have to. I'm very serious about this, Sir Jigen, or something like that. And he's like, she called me Sir. So, like, <laughs> the dialogue bits are yeah, that different. Noble steed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that me and Tyler watched the Streamline dub from 1992. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that you watched the the animes or the manga two- dub from 2000. That's what I would guess, because I bought it in the early 2000s. Which um, one is the one with swearing? Um, What's the, it's the in-between, right? So I want to say, yeah, the one we watched, I think, has swearing. And I want to say there's a... So they, they've they also then edited down the version that you watched, Tyler. Not Tyler, Zach. The uh, the manga version, the anime's version mm-hmm. from 2000. 
to give it a family-friendly version that has less profanity. So I think that one also has profanity as well, but there's like a second version of it that doesn't. So there's like four versions of this, technically. (laughs) There's the original Japanese dub. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's the bit where he like wakes up and he calls the dog Carl and everyone in your version is just like, why do you call it Carl? And he answers immediately. That doesn't get answered for a while. So there's a while where everyone's like, what the fuck? How do you know this dog's name? Like, what is going on here that they just had no time well, for? Wolf is the- a, uh, wolf is definitely a wolf. And he talks to dogs. dogs. Wolf knows things. Okay, so if you have not seen this and have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, Castle of Cagliostro is a Lupin the Third movie directed by Miyazaki. But it's not a Studio Ghibli movie. I think it's before Studio Ghibli existed. Was a thing. It, but it's the name that it's the movie that put Miyazaki kind of on the map. I think it's the first movie he ever directed, or and one of one only of the first two non Ghiblis. Yeah. If you've never heard of Lupin the Third, you probably did not watch Adult Swim circa two thousand three to two thousand five, but um. Lupin the Third is a manga, originally a manga written by a guy who goes by the uh, pen name of Monkey Punch, which I'd always thought was like the company that founded it until just recently. This is a weird thing with mangaka artists is that they just have fucking weird ass names. I mean, sometimes they do. Sometimes they they can just have like, oh, I'll just run under this thing. I'm I'm known as Monkey Punch. Well, in the I, same way that there's a artist named Frank Quitely, whose name is definitely not Frank Quitely, he just <laughs> took quite frankly and swapped, because <laughs> uh, Brits are weird. Yeah, Jock. Uh, yeah, Jock. Oh, Jesus, great artist though. Uh, apparently, there is a French kind of pulpy character named uh, something Lupin, Arsenio Lupin, or something Arsene Lupin who is quite popular and monkey punch took him and was like, what if we did the story of the grandson of Lupin? And it became this fucking sensation. It started coming out in the sixties. There are still Lupin stories coming out. I think there's at least one special that comes out every year, basically at this point, there've been like five different TV shows, like 20 movies. It's not, you know, one piece big, but it is big, yeah. huge. It is, you know, I think I might. Oh, I it's not Larice, it's Maurice LeBlanc wrote Arsene Lupin, the original mm-hmm. one. So I was close. Am I the only one that watched it on Adult Swim back in the day? Or you said you've seen like I've seen a like bit. maybe episodes here or there, but I kind of was bad at watching. T- like Toonami and oh, I uh, fucking loved Adult, Adult Swim Adult when Swim. I was like, like I really loved it, but I just was a fucking. I always been an early bird. I always woke up super early, so I'd fall asleep way too early and missed it. So I watched shit like that through like on demand functions. Uh, I've mostly just heard uh, Loop in the Third references in uh, rap lyrics. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh um, yeah, uh, most rappers are giant fucking nerds. Well, that and, I knew that, and I a knew. lot of them did watch Adult Swim. Oh, <laughs> well, yep. and Loop on the Third is a huge influence on Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spike's suit is based off Lupin's. It's just more beat up. 
Jet might ju as well just be Jigen in a different costume. And Faye Valentine and I can't think of her name. Fumiko. Also, Fumiko are basically carbon copies in other versions. Uh, Miyazaki's Fumiko is significantly less sexualized. Yeah, that's, than... that's one of the major things is that this is a different characterization compared to the anime. The, the movie. Right, oh. well, so before we started, you were looking through some of the trivia and you're like, wow, this movie was a flop when it dropped? Yeah, because this isn't Lupin for the most part, from what I understand. There's kind of three different Lupins. I always go with Lupin, just because mm -hmm. that's how yeah. it's pronounced in the anime, but either way. Uh, there's the manga Lupin, who is borderline rapey and an extremely violent series where the characters are pretty willing to, like, kill each other at a moment's notice and it just never quite happens. The like, I'll kill you, but no one else gets to kill you. Yeah, very sleazy. Mm -hmm. Then there's the anime where those four uh, are like fucking tight, but are a l much less like heroic. And then there's Miyazaki's version where Lupin is basically Thief 007. Like, yeah. I mean, also, if you look at the different 007s, there's like six different characters across those who are all 007. So I do know a lot of fans were very bothered by, this is not Lupin, except then Monkey Punch, who created the fucking character, was like, this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's not my masterpiece. We are making very different shit. But like, did you see that movie? Right. I love it when fucking artists and creators do that. It's like, yo, 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 yo. I know this isn't what I'm doing, but this is still fucking good mm -hmm. shit. Uh, Steven Spielberg is a big fan big of this fan. movie to the point that people were wondering if it helped inspire Raiders of the Lost Ark because Raiders came out like three years later. The answer is almost certainly no, I because mean, it didn't come to America for another like 15 years. But exactly. Like if he saw it, like he, from what I understand of him, he is such a huge film buff and he has his own private studio in his own home. I wouldn't put it past him having found. Mm -hmm. I, I expect he found it before it came to America, but, but I doubt also, that that's assuming he found a fucking English dub of it. I don't know if they even had that. I could see him being in Japan watching a subtitle version or, or something I, like that. Yeah. Like, meant, yeah. But like, uh, but I mean, here's the thing though. Not just, there's enough creatives that are fans of this that like there's a reason almost any time in a movie you see a fiat, it's yellow. <laughs> it's references to this movie. Dude, almost I, any time. Is that why Mr. Bean's got his little thing? Probably not, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, but it's like any time there's like a car trace in Europe, it's going to be along the fucking windy coastal roads. Mm hmm. Uh, Great Mouse Detective is directly inspired by the final fight scene in the clock tower here. Mm -hmm. uh, there, uh, I was reading a whole list. Apparently, of, uh, the Atlantis, uh, the Lost Empire, Lost City, or whatever, the Disney animated movie. Which um, I keep meaning to go back and rewatch. I haven't seen it since theaters. I've only seen it for the first time in the last like year. It's good. Um, same. And it's during an era of Disney uh, that I really, really loved. Character designs by Mike McNeil. That tracks, actually. It does. Anyways, you're um, saying Atlantis. Evidently, uh, it's there, the uh, flooding scene uh, where the city's, like, submerged or comes up out of, the, out of water that's 
heavily. They're just like, yo, oh no, we definitely reference fucking Gagliostra for that. That's full on this. We did We that. did this. We did that. We just copied that. I had no idea this movie is as old as it is. It came out in 1979. Um, I think it's definitely the oldest anime. I I think definitely. I I think it's the oldest anime that Cece ever watched. Because she was definitely thrown by the style, but she liked it. Mm -hmm. She kept being like, it's like half anime, half Looney Tunes. Like That's just what anime was back then. I think it's the oldest thing that we've ever reviewed on this podcast that's not like Conan Pulp Stories. Right, yeah, because other than other than the weird fiction episode, basically, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely the oldest thing we've watched. This might be this the podcast. oldest anime movie that I can think of ever having seen personally. Um, I watched Mobile Suit Gundam, which was around the same time, but I haven't. Yeah, this is probably the oldest for me. I can't think of anything for me that would be older. Not a lot of 70s anime is ported over to America, and when it did, it was in the like late 80s, early 90s, before we realized that anime is a thing that people are going to care about. So it was like, who are the four people we can pay the cheapest amount to voice act the most number of voices? And was often borderline unwatchable. So you know, this is the oldest one as far as I can tell for me. Just in line of watching just the topic of watching anime and different animes, uh, full, like, nerd disclosure admittance, this is only the second Miyazaki movie I've seen all the way through. What's the other one? Mononoke? No, uh, Ponyo, actually. Oh, Ponyo's so charming. <laughs> Ponyo's cute. It's not my favorite. I'm amazed you haven't watched Mononoke. Mononoke. I have seen bits of Mononoke. I've seen bits of How's Moving Castle. Mononoke has not come up as a possible episode for us to watch because I assumed you'd seen it like 15 times. And you and I sometimes have difficulty discussing shows we've seen too many times. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Okay. Um, probably would have watched. I mean, I'm glad we watched Cagliostro, but like, fuck's sake. Oh, they're all good. Also, Totoro. Jesus Christ. Oh, you haven't seen Totoro. Totoro's fucking amazing. And you should watch some of these. These are really good. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's There are things on my list. I've seen bits of almost all of them. I mean, I get Fucking it. hot take Miyazaki movies are good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it in that, like, there's several of them that I still haven't gotten to. And some of them that, like, the more I've seen them, the more I realize I need to be in the right headspace and or, like, fully aware of, like, not necessarily under uh, undertaking might be too strong, but somewhat of an emotional undertaking for some of the movies in that, like I want to be in the right space to fully appreciate and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there are certain ones that I just haven't gotten to yet. Uh, like I haven't seen grave of the fireflies and not Miyazaki, most... but yes, Ghibli or something yeah, like that. It's one of those. Yeah, that's, that's a Ghibli. Ghibli. Uh, I've never cried so hard in my fucking life with um, that movie, which scared the shit out of my aunt that I was staying with when she came home. And I'm like, in the fetal position on the ground. <laughs> and then yeah, that was a little princess for like me, the but last two Miyazaki's I haven't seen. Yeah. I've not, I don't know if I've seen anything post, uh, the one that Christian Bale voice acted in. How's moving House. castle. How's moving castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Ponyo was the last one. Oh, I've seen Ponyo, but it could be, there might be one more after that. He's tried to retire like every fucking movie since 1998 I, I mean given that we found out that this movie had a four month production that's July wild. to August for a hand drawn animation is so July to wild. August is one month oh I'm sorry uh, I fucking <laughs> July to September 
Uh, no, October? November. October. October, I can't remember. November. Math. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Four months. It said four months, and that's all I remember. But it starts, whatever. Fucking four months. This anime is ridiculously pretty for how short it was done. I still, I mean, I think it's pretty anyways. I mean, it's but. super gorgeous. It's not overly complicated in a lot of certain aspects of, like, animation-wise. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, there's a lot of, like, matte paints that they'll just have animation walk over. But it's super fucking in-depth detail attention to, like, character movement and what is being shown. What they do actually animate is really well thought out. It's not necessarily the most complicated, like yeah, but animations. shit doesn't have to be complicated to be good. But like, it's also they don't like waste any space incredibly here. Incredibly intriguing, like camera shots and like perspective views and like it's really well fucking crafted. I will. I'm gonna put in my one complaint about the look, and I agree with everything you said. My one complaint is the actual character design of the Count. I hate looking at that fucker. He looks way too, like, I don't know, Robert Goulet-ish. <laughs> You're not wrong. I don't know. His little, like, butler sidekick ninja man is the one that bothered me the most with, with like, the pointy, pointy mustache. But... mustache. And it's not, like, pointing down. It's pointing out. It Mostly, is. like, he took off the, like, ninja clan hood thing he wore, and I was like... That would not have fit on your head. Wait, 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 wait. We were supposed to believe you had been in that <laughs> You and your hunchback? Like, you were leading that squad of assassins who just had superhuman strength? What the fuck's going on here, my guy? The bad touch ninjas? <laughs> With the rocket fingers. <laughs> uh, okay. But, yeah, given four months for the production on this, I... Don't doubt that motherfucker wanted to retire after this movie. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, I'm done what after done. Okay. I'm done after Spirited Away. I'm done after... I'm done after... I'm done. Uh, I can't remember what it is. One of the more recent movies that came out, they ran out of, like, time or effort or something, so it wasn't completely hand-drawn, basically, by him alone. Okay. And he's like... And it's like a 30-second scene, and it's like a fucking brick wall or something. Like, it's not... And he talked about he has to look away when he's watching that scene because he can't fucking, like... He is the most perfectionist son of a bitch I have ever seen. <laughs> he is sort of... No, not him. His fans are sort of the Alan Moore fans of anime. I'm going to explain this thought process, and it will make sense to you after I say it. So you know the number of people. How many people have you fucking met? They're like, I don't read comic books. Oh, except for Watchmen. Okay, yeah. If or you... the like. I don't. I've, I've met... never heard anyone say that, but I've said I've heard people say like in response to like, do you read comic books? I, I've read. I've read Watchmen. Okay, see, it's slightly different when you are, and maybe this is just because I'm the comic book fan. One, people used to constantly compare me to the Simpsons comic book guy, and I was like, I don't know why you think that's a good thing. He doesn't like, like anything. Comic book guy does not like anything. You and I like everything. Like <laughs> yeah, no, but but he reads comic books a lot. So obviously, so like comic book guy, but the number of people like, eh, I don't really read comics. Except, of course, for Watchmen. And I was like, shut the fuck up. But the number of people I've met that are like, I don't watch anime. Except for, you know, Miyazaki. And I'm like, I'm not arguing that it's not fucking good. Or people are like, it's not anime, it's Miyazaki. I'm like, it's still anime. 
Although there is an interview where he goes, I don't watch was kind of a mistake. I only watch Wes Anderson films. (laughs) Basically, yes. (laughs) Like, well, you know, except for Wes Anderson. I actually like Wes Anderson. I know, I really like Wes Anderson films, but he's the other correlation. It's the thing of, yeah, the auteur hipster that's like, oh, I don't like this popular format of blah, blah, blah. Except for, obviously, this one brilliant guy. You're like... It's not that he's not brilliant, it's that you're an asshole. I don't like, like hip-hop. I just like listening to Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know if Kanye's brilliant. I don't listen to No, he's also just apparently a fucking oh, horrible he's human. At- he was so bad that Alex Jones put him on his show and was, like, trying to steer him away from the more overt anti-Semitism, being like, please take the gimp mask off. Hey, we're not allowed to say I'm that out loud. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to think, uh, getting I, back to Miyazaki here. He's like the only name I can think of for a lot of One people, of the though. few. Yeah, I understand that. He made this in four months. You mentioned that he has problems with it because the amount of shit he had to do to get this done. Yeah, he had to change the script to get it done. I was reading a thing that listed this as his best movie, and I can only imagine how angry he had to fucking be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's his best movie. I do think it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, especially because, like I said, my first time through, I was just like, ooh, this is fun, this is fun. I, I have it. So, just to pop to the end really quick, mm-hmm. just because I, I did just rewatch it right before we started, and so it's fresh on my mind. Is Is there a safe way to... To use the goat? After they... Because she stole the goat plates at the end and then they run off? Well, oh, no, because, like, because like the Count does it. But... Oh! Oh, I see what you're saying. When like, they open the treasure and he's immediately squashed? Or is it just an automatic death sentence for whoever? There is a little bit of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. If Lupin hadn't been involved, things would not have changed that much. Uh, Plotline to this fucking. But also, I feel like the guy did not know that he needed to put them into the goat. I feel like he was just like, "I'm gonna get married, and uh, the treasure's gonna show up." Yeah, actually, that actually argues even more for Lupin should have stayed the fuck. Other than that, Lupin, girl would have died. But like, if well, I mean, how long and that did could he also need just her be to the dub we watched? How quickly was he gonna kill her? Well, he tried to kill her like four times before he got married because I think he just forgot that he was supposed to. Because here's the thing, if, like, he marries her and doesn't kill her before he accidentally kills himself using the clock tower, then she also inherits his wealth. I mean, his wealth is also not wealth. He's he's definitely a counterfeiter. All of his money is ill-gotten and not actual real. Yeah, but money's so fake, had, so fake money is... He has holdings that she could sell or live in. I mean, she's got. he does have a castle. He's a count! Yeah. <laughs> That's that's some prime real estate up that that castle of Cagliostro. She would still be a countess at that point. Yeah, she'd be rich shit. Also, she's a princess. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So she doesn't care. The whole reason he's marrying her for two reasons: one, to uh, uh, reinforce his right to rule. Completely and- <laughs> forgot she was a fucking princess. <laughs> <laughs> and two, so he could get her weird ring for. Uh, uh, stealing treasure. It's not a great treasure either. I mean, it's beautiful and I enjoyed the scene, but like, eh, eh. anyways, um, 
I have questions about the end, which we'll get to, but I thought, okay, we should do two things real fast. One, let's sum up who the basic characters are in case you have never seen Lupin the Third and have interest in this movie in a way that we haven't already chased you off. Main characters, obviously one, Lupin, the son of the great thief. Grandson. Uh, grandson of the great thief, I want to say Arsene Lupin. Yes. Something Lupin. Arsene, Arsene, Arsenio. The French Lupin. Arsenio Hall Lupin <laughs> the third. It was supposed to be a Lupin the seventh, which was like sci-fi Lupin, so it's somehow both Space Usagi and Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I love that. It fell apart. I don't care. Let's make <laughs> the eighth. <laughs> um, who is the world's greatest thief, who is, in this version, mostly non-violent, and is more interested in, I mean, in all versions, kind of seems more interested in the process of stealing than he is the mad wealth. Yeah. You know, like he's a lot for, of... He's in it to do the crime necessarily more than the wealth of it. He's a gentleman thief. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's also... He, he likes that wealth. <laughs> the wealth is nice. He's, he's also... He's a big fan of uh, people with money. I call him a gentleman thief. He's a horny gentleman thief. Like, there is kind of like anytime there's a pretty lady, and depending on which version you're watching, he's either really good at picking up the women or really fucking bad at it. <laughs> like, there's no in-between. So there's swing. <laughs> Uh, there is his closest partner, a man named Jigen, who Daisuke again makes is, smoking look so cool. Again, yeah, is he is Jet from like, Cowboy Bebop? I am now. I'm curious. Like, is this why I think fucking like they make smoking look so fucking cool? That and Gambit from the X Men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, did they influence other stuff that makes smoking look cool? Like, is this the like the impetus? It's the beat up cigarette. The beat-up cigarette makes it look kind of like here's this whole kind of grunge thing. Well, and Jigen especially, because he's also always, like... Got the hat down, and the, yeah. And the cool pose, leaning against something. He's the cool, quiet backup guy with the fucking anti-tank gun that he's just firing, like... <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, wrong bullets. <laughs> let me let me reach down in here, because uh, Jigen comes... Fucking strapped. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> in most versions, he's got, like, a fucking revolver. In this one, he's just got an anti-tank gun. Then we have Goemon, who is pretty much just Samurai Jack, but a thief. He's your standard samurai. Let me, uh, let me cut that for you. It doesn't matter what it's made of. Katanas are better. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. My katana's too sharp. Jigen is not the only person that has a lot to answer for for everyone circa 2003 to 2012 thinking that the katana is literally the greatest sword to ever be created. I mean, I definitely was uh, in that camp for a little while. so was I. And don't get me wrong, katanas are fucking sweet swords. I am not knocking the katana, but... The number of things were like a katana. Oh, Highlander. Highlander also has a lot to answer for on this one. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Highlander has more to answer, I think, than this. When he's blocking a fucking... Highlander 2 has a lot to answer for, but that's a whole different discussion. Blocking a fucking great sword, like, you know, Celtic longsword with a katana. Like, that thing would have fucking snapped in half. Just the way that it was made. But, you know. Anyways. Goemon, cool samurai guy. He shows up when you need samurai things to happen. And then we have Fujiko, who in this one is like a fucking boss babe spy lady. 
Which like slash news reporter. A lot of people talk about her being a precursor to the like Miyazaki like strong feminist character that you mm-hmm. see a lot of times, um, uh, like Sophie in House Moving Castle, um, uh, and then you see it a lot. It's kind of a common theme for her him later on. Um, but I mean, straight up, she's just wearing like a uh, uh, camel like revolutionary stuff just like let, in let it me like just rip off this dress real quick to reveal that I am full on just in camo fatigues underneath and I'm ready to fucking clown why <laughs> yes this is the Fidel Castro collection that's it that's <laughs> yes and I will pull out this big ass wrench to just bash people across the head with I realize that you guys have not watched as much as I have and I've still not watched enough Lupin to be like I'm a huge person I do not remember her being a counter-revolutionary fucking <laughs> half of the time she's another spy well in this one she's basically James Bond with tits not a bad thing Man, I really wish they would do that. James Bond with tits? Yeah. That's Atomic Blonde. No, but like a full-on in-canon 007. Jane Blonde, or Jane Bond? No, she's just James. Yeah, that's fair. If if Ted Lasso can have that terrible Jack character, that's not enough. I always feel weird hating the Jack character, because I'm like, she's a charming queer character. And then I'm like, oh, but you're awful. Also kind of the worst. Oh, you you forgot. Mega rich. Billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Supersedes any, you know, anything else. Rebecca is already uncomfortable enough being a billionaire, but the rest of you I can get away with. Oh, oh millionaire. She, she gets away with it in the end in my book with uh, the... It's her arms. <laughs> I'm it's really in arms. love with Rebecca Wad- <laughs> Not Rebecca, Hannah Waddingham's arms. Like... I get it. <laughs> I get it. Oh, God, we're so off topic today. Uh, and then the last important character from any Lupin thing is... The Chief Inspector Zenigata. Zenigata, thank you. I knew it started with a Z. He is a Japanese police officer working with Interpol, desperate to bring down Lupin. And he's Lupin's best friend, if we're being honest. Like, I really do love that dynamic of, like, they are, we're sworn enemies and you're, we're, you're hunting me down, but also... Best frenemy is such a best good... Fr- oh, yeah, best frenemy. That's, yeah, I like God. that phrasing. I wish I would have wrote it down. You might have saw it in the trivia and might remember... Or might pull it up while I bring it up. But at least in our dub, when he first introduces himself, he gives a first name. Oh, yeah. But it's not the character's first name. It was really bad localization, and the script doesn't actually say the character's first name anywhere in it. So they just give him the first name, which is the Japanese word for inspector. Yeah. His, oh, my God. His actual name is Koichi Zenagata. But in the movie, they give him... Keb- Kebu, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Kebu. <clears throat> Kebu. Um, uh, Zenigata, which is basically just Inspector. Inspector, which, Inspector Zenigata. <laughs> Inspector, Inspector Zenigata. Yeah, just bad localization. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and then you also have uh, Lady Clar- Clarissa and then the Count Cagliostro, but they're kind of just to this movie. Yeah, they're, they're specific. Uh, basic concept of this movie opens with Lupin and Jigen doing a gigantic fucking heist of a casino? Yes. Yes. And, I mean, that part's a not too important. A state-run casino that's, like, fully government-sanctioned. At, at least in my dub saying that they got, like, billions, which is weird, but okay. Turns out that it's all fake money. It's the goat bills which are supposed to be the most perfect forged bills of all time, and then they immediately are like, these bills are fucking fake, so... So the goat stuff is really interesting. 
Because that also goes into the, the localization and weird things in the script and shit that got changed, but also it kind of makes sense because of the uh, extensive use of the Capricorn Im- imagery. Uh-huh. Because the goat is a bad translation. Miyazaki basically wanted to play with the goat as being a pun because of all the Capricorn imagery, Mm -hmm. but he was using a term that he meant to be gothic. It's the gothic bills. Oh, I was wondering why goat. Okay. Also weird, but, and in one of the dubs, they call it like the Capra bills or something like that because the localizer both didn't know what he was actually trying to get at but Capra is the Latin genus for goat. Okay. Um, but deciding that they're going to track down the goat bills and just steal the plates. So they, they are the greatest have, of all time. It really just to <laughs> prove they're the greatest thieves ever. They go to the tiny nation. The, it's the smallest nation in the United Nations. Uh, because this is in the seventies when the United Nations still was considered to matter. Cagliostro. Which is, I, I read it, uh, they were talking about it. This is where uh, Miyazaki really started getting a reputation for, like, beautiful backgrounds and beautiful architecture without being limited to reality. I saw one thing describing it as uh, Cagliostro is the Paris of our dreams. Yeah, I saw that too. That was very interesting. Evidently, a lot of the architecture and stuff and designs in it pull heavily from Italian architecture and designs. Because it's supposed to be the gothic everything. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) See? Illuminating. Mm Mm-hmm. Learning stuff about this movie as we talk about it. Right? That's why there's three of us. And Tyler does all the research. Well, you did both did research today. I just watched it last two nights ago and went, I'm good. <laughs> like, this film is great. <laughs> I mean, it is. That's all you really need to know. Like, <laughs> this film is great. Like, Alexander the Great. Mm, Alexander the Great podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> Basically, that he was a drunken moron. Not moron. He was very brilliant, but. You could be brilliant and a moron. There's also a story mm-hmm. about him getting naked and running around in circles when he visits Achilles' grave. Tomb. I mean, now I know what I'm going to do when I visit it. <laughs> I wonder if you're allowed to do that. Probably not. And then it ends up, you know, that he, they go to break in to steal these plates, yada, yada, yada. And then it ends up basically forgetting about the goat plates until they can be used as a deus ex machina later. And it turns into a mission to rescue a princess. Yeah, very much then just like, well, forget the heist. We now need to be heroes. To rescue a princess. Or his bride, as he keeps calling her, because she, when he first meets her, she's running away in a wedding dress. And it turns out it all ties into Wolf's past, even though we didn't know that until he had to go there. It makes there. me so angry. I know you watched it where I called it Wolf, but it makes I me really so wanted, angry. I wanted to see how you'd react. I wanted to see how you'd react. French translation of Lupin as well. Well, yeah. So. I, I, I get why they went with it. I just, it's... It's not even because I watch that version, it's just because I wanted to fuck with the other. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I kinda like it. I, I, I forgot about that and was very confused when you kept talking about Wolf earlier when you were telling me about <laughs> this movie. Like, and like that's definitely more so how I've seen it, because I 
didn't watch a lot of the anime. I've just watched mm-hmm. this movie for the most part. He's both, uh, which is weird because this is a weird dub that I don't know how I've seen this one more than I have the 2000s one, which I think they call him Lupin. Yeah, mm-hmm. because by that point, what it was was uh, Japan doesn't enforce copyright protection from other nations, really. And it took France years to fucking bother with it. Because it didn't really get big outside of Japan. For a long time, no. Uh, I love all the different weird copyright things around the world and how it leads to weird-ass shit. Really weird stuff is happening with Conan copyrights right now because in Britain, or in Europe, the Conan copy, Conan's entered the public domain, but it's another, like, five years in America. Mm. Uh, 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 I think they changed them, but Italian copyright laws were such that you could basically just, like call your thing the sequel to something else, whether it had anything to do with it or not. Yes. Which just led to some really weird sequels. Zombie 2. Yes. Uh, Piranhas 2. And there's something like over a hundred unofficial sequels to Django. I believe that, yeah. <laughs> what? That's wild. Uh, but anyways, France finally started paying attention years later. And so when this series got sent out to other places, you know, America, Britain, yada, yada, whoever likes anime that's not Japan, they had to change the name because the copyright laws were strict enough. So Wolf, for the most part, although I think there's another one that they called him somewhere else. Rupon, which is basically... That's right. They just changed the L to the R. Which is basically the phonetic version of how it would be pronounced in Japanese. Well, in Japan, L and R are... Basically interchangeable, which does lead to some funny. Oh, God. On the, the Mega, on the Mega Man Epic Collection, it has all of the Mega Man games. They have some of the, like, cartoon intersections of some of the stuff. And they have Dr. Wright instead of Dr. Light. Dude. And it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a definite subset of hardcore original anime uh, Helsing fans that insist that he's Arukard. Mm. And what's her name from Final Fantasy VII? The annoying girl that gets stabbed. Uh, that name was definitely mm-hmm. wrong. I don't know if I don't remember if that's the L or the R. But like, hardcore anime fans get really, really opinionated <laughs> about localization and like translation. Always about really specific stuff like Alucard versus Arucard. Which I hate anyway. <laughs> Arukard is a bad name. Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man, that strong. reminds me. We're not doing trailers, but they released the trailer for, uh, because, you know, support the strike, yada, yada, yada. They released the trailer for the Castlevania follow-up series yesterday. Um, Go watch that. Not here. <laughs> I lost the thread, sorry. No, we kind of finished the thread and got the... This is a very all-over-the-map episode, even for us. It's okay. That's fine. We all agree the movie's great. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie about... Well, the- and I don't even want to spoil it that much. I just want people to track down the not-your-version-of-the-dub <laughs> of... Uh, I mean, this- that said, I still think the version of the dub that we watched is good. It was fine. It's fine. It's uh, So, like, if you can't find the version that um, uh, Zach watched, the I forget, the manga dub of it. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's just like, 
Because I found this, uh, it's also on like the Internet Archive. And well, yeah, it's not streaming anywhere is the hardest part of it. It's not streaming this, anywhere. So. so like you have to track down a physical copy of it or do some interneting. I rented it. Where'd you rent it from? Amazon. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I, I guess like, you can rent it off Amazon if that's yeah. what you're... I was but, just like, cool, I need to watch it again. This is super quick right now. But that was the dub that I watched, too, which is weird. Honestly, I'm sure it's fine. I just, the way my brain works, if something is slightly different than the way I, like, know it, it bugs the shit out of me because I keep being, like, ready for what comes up next, and it's just a bit off. So... The super nonchalant way that Wolf just drops down the fucking tube it was one of the most baller things I've ever seen in a fucking anime. Wait, which scene is this? The, oh, the, the fucking trap the trap door. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And he's just like he just hands still in his pockets, just like <laughs> same fucking pose, just like whatever, bro. Later, princess. <laughs> like he, Peace. I, I feel like he. The way he dropped, he felt like he, I felt like he knew he was going to like this was all part of his plan. Like like he, I already know the trapdoor is here. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go right step here. to the trapdoor so you can drop me. We're going to do this. My hands are very animated for this podcast. <laughs> it's, so the, it's the the cursed nature of podcasting. You will never talk with your hands so much or like try to use them to explain a thing uh, as when there's not a way to see that. Yeah. You know what, Jean? Not just looking good smoking. The crown at the end? Also pretty good. Yeah, it was a fun look. Cece was so amused that they took the crown. I'm like, well, they gotta get something. They, they, like, need to, <laughs> they have to get gas money to get to their next heist. Speaking of gas money, holy shit, do I love their little fucking car. I wanted to bring this up when you talked about the Fiat earlier, but the, like, what, like, the chase scene with the, in the very opening when like they're driving through and like he just pulls a fucking lever and there's a really good little bit where you see uh, Jingen in the back still putting on the tire and he's just like kicking on the hubcap. And you see um, uh, Lupin in the front just, like, pull out, like, a fucking parking brake type thing. And the, the engine just kind of, like, folds out of the back kind of in a space where it should not have existed as big as it does now. And it's just like, well, now we have a fucking turbocharger and we're just going to fucking ram up this fucking hill and chase these guys down. It's the way that, like, spy movies and heist movies or, like, criminal movies kind of interact. And one of those things that I kind of always want from them, despite not giving a single fuck about cars in real life, you always want a cool car oh. in, like, this oh, kind yes. of thing. I already said bad touch ninjas. I keep looking at that note and... They are kind of <laughs> clan-looking ninjas with bad... I mean, you're not wrong. They're cool. There's a definite moment where they? they're... I mean, they're kind of... They're good minions. I mean, they're an interesting... They're interesting. I, I did love seeing them with their mask off the end, where it's just like, oh, you're just a fucking guy with a mustache. You're just some random fucking town folk who's apparently a really good assassin. There's a... It's just hot fuzz. <laughs> there was a point where they're like, they're bulletproof, and then it just turns out they're wearing suits of armor underneath. Like, one, that does make the fact that you're all ninjas more impressive to me. With moving with that much metal. And two, no. <laughs> like, impressive, That but revolver still... would have just tore through you. Like, it would have tore through you even without a fucking, let's say, yeah, don't have fucking armor piercing rounds at this point. You know why people stopped wearing suits of armor like that? Guns. 
Uh, because the whole thing's gonna cave in, and your chest has no room to move. I did like their design overall, though. I think it was kind of interesting. I do wish the pointy hood was not just 100% makes me think of the clan no. And see, I didn't actually think of that at nope, any point until you said it. I can't unsee it now. I'm more bothered by their posture. I think because... Oh, yeah, no, they are all... They, the chiropractors better be fucking great paid in I this I think place. because of their posture plus their outfits being, like, all black, essentially, made me think of more like a demonic, kind of, like, weird, creepy little gremlin-like type person. Um, which is why when they turn out to just be like, oh, you're just a random fucking normal guy and not some... We're not going to find out that the cat, uh, the the count of uh, has been doing some genetic experiments, making some weird freaks to do his bidding. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that make that makes sense. I guess. <laughs> I'm fine with fine. it. It's weird that you can do this. It's very weird that you guys are so strong. You can see, okay, Tyler probably can't see this, but like if you look at how they move, it's basically the same movement style that he has for the apes in um, Princess Mononoke. There's like definite, the way that he has those move, it, he uses in other things oh. in a like kind of creepy horde of minions all have a similar like pose for him. Yeah, you can see a lot of commonalities in his films. Like, there's bits that was like, that reminds me of uh, them eating in uh, House Moving Castle. That reminds me of this in Spirited Away. This reminds me of that. He's an auteur. I don't really have too much more. Nope, this is, I, I knew, we knew this was a risk, picking this one. I don't know why it's so fucking hard to do a long episode for something that's just fucking great. I mean, what else is there to say? Like, if we get, we're just like, <laughs> especially when you're a podcast about liking things. Like, we're not gonna give away the ending of the movie more than we already have. He wins. It's satisfying. We did. We just not in context. Not in context, but also. <laughs> Wait, like, I guess I have one more thing. Actually, I just thought about because we're coming to the end. Okay. Miyazaki wrote this. With it being in mind, this is his idea for a final Lupin grand adventure. It doesn't feel like a final adventure at all to me. No, I agree. No, it feels like it's a, an end of a chapter for like the character of Lupin. Mm -hmm. Or it feels more like a way to like satisfy like a personal thing for him of like wanting to be that her hero character. But it doesn't feel like a final chapter. Yeah, basically. That's... Oh! And that's where this movie's a fucking failure. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, this is a thing that I like, but caught me by surprise. that's why Miyazaki doesn't like it? It's supposed to be the it's supposed to be the grand final chapter, but it's not. I love Miyazaki. He I don't think he up. likes things. No, I don't think he likes things, especially <laughs> the things he worked on. I think he I think he can only see I get the flaws. It. He's the most perfectionist creator I've possibly ever heard of. Which is why he's so good. Uh, the, the, Kubrick? Okay. Yeah. I've okay. not watched a lot of Kubrick, so I will say that just the one moment that kind of stuck out on me is there's a bit where Lupin gets shot on the roof is the most like, it's not like a wildly bloody moment or anything like that. Although there is like real blood that you see It's I think the only time you actually see blood in this, but it's 
CC kept calling it like Looney Tunes, kind of Looney Tunes in the way they do animation. And then that moment of Lupin being shot and falling is so, like, feels so weirdly hardcore as a result of it. Because I think it's the only time that, like, legit damage happens to someone in a serious, like, way. Mm -hmm. I just... Bringing it up at the end of the episode is the worst time to bring this up, but it was a thing that I noted of like, I need to mention this in this episode of. This movie does kind of have a surprisingly, when you think about some of the details of what happens in some of the scenes and what uh, goes on just off frame, movie has kind of a high body count. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people die in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Given that there's a flooded uh, castle with no warning... I'm assuming there's definitely some drowned folk we didn't uh, account for. Yeah, the Bad Touch Clan ninjas are all, like, universally dead. Oh, yeah. Gomon fucks up a lot, right? Like, oh, right yeah. off screen. <laughs> well, his blade is very thirsty. <laughs> and he fucking, fucking Jigen slaughtered keeps shooting people with an anti-tank gun. <laughs> like, they're, it's armor-piercing. Like, it's got, like, they have armor, but also he has a fucking anti-tank gun. I don't care what kind of armor you have you're exploded at that point yeah it's it's no good for anybody involved really uh next time we're gonna go a completely different direction again which is kind of the point of this and we're having fun with it because there's not gonna be a high body count in this next one no and it's significantly less horny than uh food wars was (laughs) it's still kind of horny but only like a specific character uh, we will be watching the first season of Comey Can't Communicate, the most relaxing show that I watch right now. Uh, you can find it on Netflix. All right, I should mention that. Um, Sweet. Nice. You don't have to do a goodbye on this one. This is the much show we don't have to do. Good. I thought I saw you looking up a script. Uh, but I mean, it, I did almost think I needed a script <laughs> for a second. But. but in the meantime, we're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Sweet. Nice. That was good. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, Also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.